Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is a much, 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 how many more muches can I say, overdue <laughs> next episode of The Reset. I am very excited to be here, and that means, my friends, Sabrina is also here. Why wouldn't she be? What's up, friend? <laughs> Hi, friend. What an intro. It's it's making up for all of those much, much, muches that we missed. So it, I'm, it is, very, it is. I'm very happy to be back here today. And it's also been exciting because I've had a couple of people kind of whispering like, when's the next episode? Mm-hmm. When's the next episode? So I'm just yeah. so happy that people are requesting yeah. and are interested. And it feels good that we were missed, I think. It does. <laughs> well, you, almost... you've had some wonderful episodes. Episodes, but well, thank I, you. I, I've, I've been missed, and that feels good. <laughs> you, you have been, and um, on the four-year run IG, we also get where's the next reset. So, you, you, my friend, are indeed missed, and this whole thing is indeed missed. And we have not been intentionally doing the whole um, supply versus demand thing here. We're not trying to hold out <laughs> on you guys. Um, it's just called life, and <laughs> sometimes it gets yes. a little busy. Um, I will say it's been great to see a lot of the things that you've gotten yourself into so far into summer. Um, you got to go up to what I was glowingly referring to as either Canada or Middle Earth, and that was like a wonderful trip. So that was great to see. But yeah, oh, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I I took some time about a week ago now and went up to Banff National Park, which is just outside of Calgary, and ran a half marathon there. And for somebody who lives at sea level, it was challenging. <laughs> <laughs> it was yes. uh, rolling hills and close to five thousand feet of elevation. Um, but my friend and I, longtime friend, we just went there for fun. And it ended up that she PR'd a half marathon. So we were very excited. It got to run with her the whole time. And um, she she did a great job. I was very proud of her. So it's yeah. a great trip overall. Yeah, lots yeah. of hiking, too. It was beautiful. Yeah. Any opportunity to see old friends in any setting with the added, I mean, the added benefit is when it's in a run setting for runners is Mm -hmm. a much refreshing and wonderful thing to, uh, to have. So yeah, that was fantastic. And everybody, Sabrina and I could just talk about our lives forever, but we have things to get to much to the delight of all of you. So Sabrina, tell all of these wonderful, I feel like I'm on the Price is Right. Yes. Tell, tell them what they've won. Um, let's talk, let's talk about what today's episode is about. You know, sorry, just Price is Right celebrated. It's like 50th anniversary or something. Did you catch the special? I I, I had haven't to. seen the special yet. But My I, 10 year old self yeah. was excited. Oh man, <laughs> the, the version of myself that even when I was sick at home was excited. Yes. To watch the prices right yeah yes, yes. Yeah. family feud prices right all those oh, good so throwback good. game shows yes. so <laughs> i queued it up perfectly so let's let's tell all these wonderful people what they've won on today's episode of the reset well bob today <laughs> um today we're going to talk about a really common topic i guess or just i guess a topic that is probably the basis for a lot of psychology classes that anybody would take. Um, It it gets discussed within the research section, it gets discussed within experimentation, but it also gets referred back to often because in psych, we're trying to always talk about studies that show the evidence for why we're behaving how we do. And so a lot of times we refer back to this particular topic as a way to just remind ourselves that 
we are different as people. And so even though something might get proven in an experiment, um, there's also opportunity for that to change just because humans change over time as well. So that particular topic today, we're calling correlation is not causation. And if you all were students in my psych class, I would make you repeat that 10 times because it is such an important concept (laughs) for the basis of psychology. So when we talk about this, we use the word correlation. It's basically a fancy word for this idea of relationship. So we're talking about a relationship between two aspects, two different items, two different variables, two different factors. Um, It doesn't mean that there is causation within this simply because a correlation is not a study that's done in a controlled environment. So that's different from an experiment, obviously, because in an experiment, you are controlling those factors. You're going to say your hypothesis is if this happens, then this will happen. So it's different than that because all we're doing is looking for a relationship between two things. So for example, we can have a positive correlation. This would be both of these factors, these aspects, these items, whatever they are, they are affecting each other in a way in which they're both increasing. So for example, theoretically, I know this doesn't always happen for us, right? But theoretically, (laughs) if you were a student, the more you study, the higher your your scores will be. Theoretically, I understand that that doesn't always happen. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we study a lot and the day is, yeah, the day is just not good. We didn't sleep well. There's all these other factors, but that's the point, right? It's not a causation thing. So theoretically, the more you study, that's one factor. The higher your test score will be. That's the other factor. They affect each other directly. Mm -hmm. Another one you can have is what we would call a negative or sometimes an inverse correlation. These factors are acting in opposite directions to each other. So the more you exercise, hopefully the less stress you'll feel, right? All those endorphins (laughs) are flying around. Mm -hmm. Usually we feel pretty happy maybe when we get home from our runs and from our workouts. So theoretically, the more you're exercising, that's increasing, the less of that stress you're going to feel. And then finally, sometimes there's just no correlation. We would call that like a zero correlation or just no relationship. Maybe you have this in your life, but not necessarily. This is in a direct correlation. How much water you drink and the color socks you're wearing. There's probably not a correlation there. I don't know. Sean, do you have special (laughs) purple socks you always wear when you drink water? (laughs) uh, I mean... This gives me an idea, Sabrina, of a really terrible (laughs) fake app, like which would be like you wake up in the morning and start with red socks. And after every cup of water you drink, you would change your socks. That's a really aggressive form of tracking your water intake when you could just track it on an app. But right by the end of the day, you'd get to blue socks and you'd be very excited. But yes, I do not. um, To your delight, I do not have a situation where the socks are matching water intake. But Thank you. (laughs) Something to think about, but thank you for proving the point. Um, But so I bring up this idea of correlations because I think sometimes, and certainly I can speak to this, is that we we think of one aspect of our training directly causing another aspect of our training. So I didn't run that one particular workout for this week. So that's why I didn't meet my race goal, right? Mm -hmm. We think that there's often a direct correlation or sorry, a direct causation effect there. 
that obviously is not always true, right? There's so many other factors that are affecting. And so if we can try to shift that a little bit to think of it as more of just a relationship between things rather than if I don't do this, then it's going to directly cause something else to happen. Mm-hmm. That can maybe help us be a little bit more kind to ourselves if we miss that workout or if we didn't do the mileage that was prescribed that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's sort of the overview of that first topic. We have a second one for today too, but I'll leave it there and you can tell us what you think about that, Sean. Well, I want to say, I feel like I am the opportune human for you to be preaching this towards. Um, what luck. <laughs> we didn't know about that at all, did we? Um, it's a thing I am actively certainly working toward mm-hmm. um, that correlation is not causation. I think um, whenever, and, and I think you could probably relate to this a little bit and, and hopefully some other people do too. My mind definitely teen tends to lean a lot more towards an analytical mind, which yields that entire concept of correlation can Mm -hmm. and should quote should be causation. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you were kind of walking through those things, I certainly was actually stepping back in time to, I know I've spoken on guest episodes of the podcast and probably a little bit here too, of when I finished 2019 Chicago and I finished the race I think there was a sense of imposter syndrome because I felt like I hadn't done the best training. Mm -hmm. I showed up to the race in not the best condition. Uh, I didn't know much of what I know now, which is a very big guilty thing for me. I have this thing of once I've learned something, I assume that I'm the last person to the party to Mm -hmm. learn those things. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of where I found myself that day was this doesn't make sense. And I shouldn't have this result because I didn't have pieces of me that believed that the effort getting there was merited of such a day that felt so good. So I think my brain was uh, definitely fighting. I, I don't think that there was a positive to positive correlation. I think that all of the evidence to how I trained doesn't make sense to how I finished. And mm-hmm. I think that's a part that I don't sit with it very often, but I absolutely have moments where I still to this day go, I finished that thing. And my body has, I don't think fully given me permission to be very in on it because it's like, no, no, no. One and one did not become two zero and one somehow became two and we're not, we're not good with that. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I also, uh, fittingly told Sabrina that this is where I find that I have growth myself in this here and now, which is, um, if anyone listened to the the episode of our guest podcast, which featured this guy that hosts a podcast, you might know him named me. Um, Blair <laughs> Wait, and I said you? we were up Sean? to something. Yeah, Sean, <laughs> this guy Sean was on an episode normally hosted by Blair and Sean. Um, it's so meta. Which it, yeah, it's very meta. I do want to give Blair mad props because she was a total boss on that she episode. Was Blair? Yeah. You crushed it. Yeah, she's a boss. Um, but. I am and Blair is quote unquote up to something. And 
as we are going through that up to something, um, I find myself with a little teensy dash of plantar right now. And I think a 2019 or 2020 or even 2021 version of Sean would probably very much be saying um, either one, I'm mad because I feel like I am doing the things, but it's probably being followed up by no, you're not. And this doesn't make sense that my feet hurt. So I kind of deserve where I am. Negative correlation to causation. Mm -hmm. I am not doing enough. The pain thus is an attribute of that. So I will now move forth through my training for I'm up to something and just be in pain all of the time because I deserve the thing, which no, in the here and now I can say, I know I'm doing work and that evidence is there. And now this is an indication that I can do more work. So correlation is not in fact, in this instance, causation. This is an opportunity for me to go, oh, cool. I'm actually doing better. I've had people, massage therapists and such tell me actually a lot of the things do feel good. You just have an opportunity now to expand upon those things. So I find myself in a space where I'm not as actively signing myself up to be, um, you know, in biblical times, standing on the wall, stoning myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where I am today. So I found this incredibly fitting, wonderful, and delightful that we had this conversation today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think what you're, what you're speaking to, I guess, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at it from a larger perspective of like, whatever the up to something is, you know, how is that going to maybe affect it as a whole? Yeah. And I think that's one good way to look at it because you want to make sure that you have the more holistic view. And another way to think about it too, is on a more specific, like day-to-day view. So when I was listening to you explain that, and then thinking about what we're talking about today for our topic, I was reminded of my workout today, this morning, which was death by two hundreds. <laughs> yes. Thank you, coach Deborah. Um, <laughs> actually, I felt incredibly empowered after they were done, but I waited to do my workout until the hottest part of the day. Smart. <laughs> but, you know, I made sure that I made time to actually do some warm-ups this time and actually do some active, you know, pre-workout stretching to a certain point. And, um, you know, the Swifters last week, we participated in a strength workshop, excuse me. And that was one of the things that we talked about specifically was like these little increments can Mm -hmm. of 10 minutes, 15 minutes can help make some large moves and doing what I did today. Is it a causation thing? Probably to some degree. Is it more of a correlation? Maybe. But what I did today to prepare me for my workout, I felt better than I think if I had not done those things, right? Like I've, I've been, I've talked about this before. I've been struggling with a bit of sciatica and oftentimes it takes anywhere from honestly, two to three miles sometimes for me to really feel warmed up and ready to go. And today I was a little worried about that, just given that after a two mile warm up, I was going to have to bust out these 10 sets of two hundreds yep. and it felt good. 
And I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, let's just go with it. Right. Um, But I think that's, that's another thing. All these little wins, if we're trying to make some associations here between, oh, this might work and this might work. Those little wins can then build to this larger overall general, um, you know, success, whatever it is that we're doing or training for. And I think it's important to take the step back to remember those little wins, even if 100%. not every day is a little win. Yeah. And I, I will give a little bit of a shout out um, to our friend Kaylee's wonderful husband, Anthony, um, who is incredibly smart about PT work, understanding mm-hmm. how muscles and tendons and all of these things work. And um, it was a really valuable conversation for me in that sense of like, is 10 minutes really getting me anywhere? Um, and it's hard. I think the hardest thing, uh, if you know, you and I and to anyone else out there listening, think about the first week that you, you know, and, unless you've been running since you were two, um, <laughs> think about the first week that you decided, I think I'm going to try running. I try to go back to that version of myself as frequently as I can because we can get whitewashed a little bit in terms of like, I can't run 10 miles right now. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And and like 2018 me would go four would be great. Like four would be really mm-hmm. great. Um, so the thing to be mindful of though, is this effort and the result of that 10 minutes a day probably will take, and this is where my shout out to Anthony lies is it's not just probably two weeks or three weeks. It it, it takes sometimes quite a bit of time for those changes to start showing up in your life. In some ways it might be shorter, but in other ways, these things do take time. Your body needs time to, to realize that you're working things in a new way, adapting, building, reinforcing, but I did a little bit of fast math while you were talking through this. So let's say you have a a standard marathon cycle is your 16, 18, 20 week Mm -hmm. training cycle. So let's call it 18. Let's say you run five days a week. So if you do 10 minutes of something five days a week, ever an 18 week training cycle, that's 900 minutes. That's a lot. (laughs) That's 15 hours. That's yeah. 15 hours that you did something to train your body to be stronger in a way that you need, whether that's glutes, calves, back, hamstrings, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But that's that's actually quite a lot of time. Um, so that's where I have found myself when I know I've spoken to this at length, but COVID ending my run streak was arguably the coolest, greatest thing that could have happened to me as a runner because it gave me a long period of time, which my lungs and all this other stuff just weren't ready to get back into running Mm -hmm. to really sit down and just let my mind come to the realization that when running can start again, I want to do it with a base. I I, I joked with Sabrina before this episode, everyone, that my foundation used to effectively be like (laughs) the southernmost tip of Florida. Like I was a house (laughs) sitting on top of effectively water, right? Whereas I would much prefer to be uh, a foundation in the Midwest that has bedrock and concrete and all of these (laughs) things. Um, 
So I really kind of made a, a, a deal with myself that was, okay, so I've gone seven weeks without running. So I've, I've effectively reset my foundation. So this is my chance to start again and to start with a foundation and actually build it. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I kind of sound pseudo infomercially, but the result is there. <laughs> like I'm training, I'm running. I do have this little plantar flare up, but it's not being a cut like accompanied by the 15 other things I had. And that takes a lot of work, right? That's where this like correlation is not causation thing, I think is so important and is very important in the here and now for anyone listening that might be training to run something. Um, that 10 minutes is not just 10 minutes. It, it's going to actually add up to quite a lot. And to your point, some runs are not going to feel great or some days, right? To that whole point, one of your excellent points was like, the more, ex- the more you exercise, the less stress you'll feel. Well, mm-hmm. some days life's just going to make that schedule that you had to get your run done a little harder. Yeah. And some days that honestly is just that your mind woke up this morning and said, I don't care how hot <laughs> it is. I'm not moving. And, <laughs> and that's okay. And we should provide ourselves with a little bit of grace. You and I both laughed quite a bit when I knew where you were going. It was hot and you didn't get there in time. And then you <laughs> turned into a snowman and kind of melted on the track. But um, it's okay. We, we, we yeah. should all provide ourselves with that gratitude and grace to say it's just one run. I put so much inventory and stock into making every run of my first ever marathon cycle, like the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I don't run my four mile recovery run, all the foundation parts fall apart. If I, and, uh, a really good IG run friend of ours, uh, mama Brooke runs three sixty five. I had run, I think a 16 miler that marathon cycle. And I had a bunch of injuries and was concerned. I wasn't going to get any more in the bank. And she just sent me a quick DM and said, you've actually already done all you need to do. Mm. The Mm. 16 miles by a lot of accords is enough for you to hypothetically be ready for a marathon. So maybe give yourself a little bit of grace. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's hearing those words from somebody else, which I think is really what this episode is in existence for is to remind everybody that this, if it was easy, not, not just less than 1% of people would be training for a marathon. So you're in rarefied air already. So (laughs) give yourself a little bit. Yeah. Well, and a couple of things came to mind while you were talking. First of all, um, we, so I'm, I'm teaching a psychology class at our local community college this summer. And just yesterday we were discussing the idea of the concept of learning, um, more traditionally, I'm sure some of you out there know Pavlov's experiment with his dogs and the bell. Does that uh, name ring a bell? <laughs> <laughs> Insert large laughter audio clip here. First by and last pun, I promise. Um, but the discussion we were having, I was asking my students to talk about both a challenging and difficult learning experience and an easy learning experience. And the one thing they touched on is this idea of how habits are created. Mm-hmm. And so many, so many students in the class brought up the example of trying to start a workout routine. I'm, and seriously, I'm not, I'm not just making this up because we're talking about running. They sure. really did. And one of the students talked specifically about, 
he knew that it it was going to take time and no matter how much time he went to the gym, it was going to be time well spent. Now, of course, it wasn't well spent if he was just going to sit there on the bench and look at his phone the whole time. Of yeah. course, he yeah. knew that it had to be quality of some sort, but whether it was just taking 10 minutes to do a couple bench presses and then maybe do some um, smaller you know, dumbbell work or whatever, like that was going to be enough for him. And Sure enough, over time, you know, if he added a minute here, added a minute here, that helped him to really establish that routine. And so when you spoke about the fact that if you do that that many times during a week, during a training cycle, you're going to have 15 hours of strength. I mean, that's 15 hours more than if you had not committed to just that 10 minutes. And that's, that's the thing is that like those small pieces and allowing yourself to accept those small pieces that aren't as maybe some of the big wins as you might want. Um, it, it then circled back to me as you were talking to our second topic for the day, actually, we don't have to relieve correlations, but this idea of a mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're talking about, Sean, with your experience, you are perfectly demonstrating this idea of growth mindset because you're allowing yourself that chance to rebuild a foundation and to grow from that. So let's backtrack for a second. So this idea of fixed versus growth mindset. So Carol Dweck, she's a psych professor at Stanford. Um, Some of you may have heard of her work. She also has a couple of books. Um, She builds on this idea of what we would call neuroplasticity, So this is how your brain forms new connections when you're learning a new skill, more specifically as an adult. Because of course, as we know, through brain development, your brain typically stops developing in your early 20s, early to mid 20s. So as an adult, it can often be harder to learn things than when you're 12. And that's one of the best arguments for learning a language as a kid, because it is so much easier to make those connections at that point than as an adult. So this idea of fixed versus growth mindset. So if, if you're somebody who has a fixed mindset, you're pretty much kind of accepting where you're at, right? You're stuck. You can't really change what you're doing. You might as well just let it go and just you're going to do the best you can, but it might not improve. On the flip side of that, somebody who has a growth mindset, it's the opposite, right? You can change, you can adapt, you can work to get better. And one of her best quotes is that effort makes you stronger. That seems pretty simplistic, but when you're thinking about it in a way that maybe you haven't tried harder before, and maybe you haven't given yourself that grace to just allow yourself that little win that can really push us back and push us into that fixed mindset. So, you know, when you're talking about this training and, and, you know, the one workout that you miss, it's almost like, well, why should I try? Why should I try harder next time? And that's really hard to get stuck in, of course. Um, And it's, I'm sorry, it's hard to get out of. It's easy to get stuck in, but it's hard. It can be hard to get out of, especially when you're dealing with injury. But I think that recognition of those two pieces is really important to whatever growth you're trying to make, um, whether it's a life thing or or a running thing. Yeah. I like, I have a thousand things in my head. I'm just trying to be like, (laughs) get slow down, slow down. Um, Yeah, I I think that 
that fixed mindset to growth mindset, you know, and you, so I, I actually want to ask, it's going to be, ask the teacher a question. Please. Uh, yes. Brief moment here. <laughs> so like a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, I, I, the thing that I almost feel is like the fixed mindset is more the glass half empty mindset, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Growth mindset is glass half full. Like mm. I'm not as good as I could be, but I do understand that I have the opportunity to get better. Is, is I, yeah, you know? I think, I, well, I think, yes. So first of all, yes. <laughs> Let me just answer that. Yes. <laughs> good job. Um, <laughs> I, you know, as obviously a lot of my connections to this are as a teacher, but, um, and I know that we have many listeners who are teachers as well and just involved in education too. You know, you look at when your students are struggling and if you see a student who is maybe resistant to come in to get extra help, or if they're offered a test retake and they choose not to take it, um, obviously there are many other issues and challenges that can be going on, but there's your fixed mindset, right? Mm -hmm. The student maybe doesn't feel for whatever reason, again, that it's necessary to try or that Mm -hmm. it's necessary to keep pushing. Um, Not necessarily that they've completely given up because likely this student will probably still continue to do their work. I certainly have seen this, but maybe they're just not putting in the extra effort to give that little boost, right? Or if we're talking about grades, maybe they're not putting in as much effort to get to that next grade level. Um, Whereas the growth mindset, this is the student who is probably going to come in for that help. They're going to do the test retakes. They're going to do the corrections. They're going to maybe ask the questions in class that are specific to them and the, and the challenges that they're having. So um, this is the student who is going to probably keep working, even though they know that they've had struggles. Yeah. And again, that could be for a variety of reasons too, but just in terms of the mindset definitions, that sort of is where I would put them in terms of examples. Yeah. That, 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 that's super helpful. I, I actually went right back to when I was in elementary, middle Mm -hmm. high school. Um, you know, I think right. Elementary school is certainly very structured. I'm sure it's much more structured today for kids, but, um, I feel like when I was in elementary school, elementary school was, you know, a lot softer around the edges. Like mm. there weren't big rigid blocks. There were opportunities to kind of be playful with your education and, mm-hmm. and learn some things. Middle school gets a little more rigid, you know, um, dynamics change between people. Kids start becoming teenagers. <laughs> High school becomes even a little more rigid. Now you kind of have your specific cliques of people. You have what's your future? I should be taking classes around my future. Mm-hmm. Um and as you were talking through those things, I was really thinking that for for most of my high school career, especially, most of the classes I took were a fixed mindset. Like mm. I I was artistic. So uh, I, lo- I loved history, so that didn't fall under it, but like your math, your English, your science, I was kind of of a fixed mindset. I was artistic. If it wasn't an opportunity for me to be creative or do creative things, I felt as if uh, there was no reason for me to 
invest, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think, you know, with runners, right? Fixed growth mindset. Runners are often kind of trying to achieve growth mindset, but possibly social media can impose a bit of a fixed mindset because you see other people achieving big things, doing the things maybe you would like yourself to do. And thus it becomes difficult to say, actually, no, I, I need to, I, I use this hashtag on for the run all the time, which is remember why you run. Mm. And I think it's an incredibly important one. Um, I've actually, I said this to Blair the other day, and I think, you know, it's a really important thing for me right now to be mindful of as I get into whatever's next on my roadmap of running, but 2019 Chicago marathon, I was running for a grandmother that had passed away, a grandfather that had passed away. I would often tie my shoes and just take a moment to say, remember why you're doing this. You're, you're tying your shoes because your grandmother couldn't walk. All she would have wanted to do the last 20 years of her life was walk. So not only can you walk, but you can run. As I move into next block of running, I'm going to be running something, but there's not going to be North stars. There's going to be actually no invest in yourself, believe in yourself. And so it's a very, very different construct to approach a a goal. That goal was incredibly derived and my parents are going to be there. Autumn's going to be there doing it for my grandparents. It was very detail oriented, focused outside of myself. Next thing I do is going to be internal. So I think to some extent, that's why I've had this kind of uh, renaissance, if you will, of mindset of, I do actually need to invest quite a bit in myself. I think I went through so much of that marathon training, just being like, the goal is to just get to Chicago. As long as I'm not dead, (laughs) I'm going to run that race Mm -hmm. for those reasons. So the pain is just a byproduct. Like the pain is just a thing that has to exist because I didn't have the tools or the understanding and I wasn't so much fixated on the growth piece. I was fixated on the fixed piece, you know, fixated, Mm -hmm. fixed. Um, (laughs) But I just knew that there was a reason. So I was hyper-focused on that reason and all it meant was get miles done. Now it's uh, actually like, let's maybe make sure our body feels good all the time. And now let's see what this next phase of running looks like. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, you transported me directly back to like 11th grade geometry whenever. Um, I'm sorry. I, I had, well, it's a, it, I had a deficiency. I was failing. My mother goes to talk to the teacher and the teacher says, he's fine. He draws, I give him notebooks. He draws, he draws pretty things on my notebooks. She, she like that was, that teacher didn't have to be that way. She didn't mm-hmm. have to say, Sean's artistic. He'll be fine. Um, which, you know, like, and my mom was like, but he's failing your class. And she went, but he's a nice kid. He's okay. Like oh that, it's a different, it's an entirely different world we live in now, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, a lot of my academic uh, growth points of my life were there were fixated parts and there were growth parts. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that I kind of am seeing parallels to that as we kind of look at it from a running piece to like social media is our observable piece and we're how you choose to frame what you see on Instagram is I think a very important part of that. You're going to see other people nail their workout. 
and praise how great it was and how great the day was. And yours might not be that, but that doesn't mean that you should then deconstruct yourself. That simply means your day wasn't today. And that's okay. That's that remember why you run. Today might not have been your day, but if you are mindful of those 10-minute pieces and those things that might hurt, that's why in the here and now, I have a little planner flare out. I'm not going to get to run for a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I know that that time off means that because the majority of my days are not going to be spent putting miles on, I can get a little bit of a little mini strength focus session in to build those pieces back. So that's a whole new way of thinking for me in running, but it's a very important thing, I think, for everybody. Well, and I think that comes with maturity too, right? Like I'm, as you're, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking back to my first marathon, which was Chicago in 2003, which means that was almost 20 years ago and how different and the same am I as a person today. But one of the huge differences is I think my shift from the fix to the growth mindset when it comes to my running. I think if you had looked back at me as a 20, oh my gosh, that was 20 years ago <laughs> as a early 20 something runner, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, early 20 something runner, like just the way that I thought about it, we've talked about this before on the pod too. If I just do the miles, that's enough. Mm-hmm. If I drink water, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like all of these things that now that I do, and surely some of that is because I am older and I have to do these things in order to right. take care of my body so that I can keep doing these things. But there is a level of understanding that in order to get better, I need to do the things that maybe I wasn't doing back then because I thought, well, this is just as fast as I'm going to be. Yes. Or this is just as hard as I can run. And Mm -hmm. so I think, I think to, to a lot of your points, there's also a sense of maturity that comes with understanding these two kinds of mindsets. And certainly that's not to say that as we get older, we would never have a fixed mindset again, right? That I probably had one last week at some point when I was running. In fact, dawning on me, I had one on Monday when I went out for what was supposed to be just an easy five miler. And it felt like the hardest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It's just tired, fatigued. The legs were heavy. I was still maybe recovering from the half marathon that I ran the week before at elevation when I hadn't trained at elevation. (laughs) So, you know, there's, we, we forget sometimes that there's all these other aspects that go into whether or not a run can feel good. And if I was in a more growth mindset on Monday, maybe I would have understood that, well, this is still progress though, right? You're still putting miles in the bank. You're still getting it done. Um, but there's, there's been some changes for me on a personal level with just how I think about myself with regards to being a runner and and what that looks like. So, you know, we, it's not to say we can't go back and forth between these different mindsets, depending on what's happening in our life. But certainly I would, I would say there's a maturity piece there that comes with understanding what you need, what you don't need and how hard you want to work too. Yeah. I've, um, I continue to be puzzled how I marathon trained in 2019, just all the things I do now, 
even right. I, I finished, I, I actually had a fixed mindset yesterday. I, mm. I went out to run, uh, Blair said, go out and try to run, see how your foot feels. If it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't feel great, we'll figure it out. And, you know, I was tired. I was, my brain was all ready before I even pushed the little button on my watch to start the warm up. was kind of like, I have things that have to be done after this run. So I need to get the run mm. done. So I was, I was pretty fixed. Right. And the run didn't feel great. And I had, I think interval seven out of 10 stopped my watch completely stood on the trail, took a couple of deep breaths. And at that moment, simply just decided to look up and understand that it was a 75 degree day. The leaves on the trees <laughs> existed. It wasn't snowing. The sky was blue and I was out there and mm. that's an op right. That's, that's growth. Even that little piece is just 100%. to simply understand that even when it doesn't feel great, just to be proud that you started and you might not end where you wanted to or how you would like to feel, but you did it. You started it. You at least tried. And it's, you know, I, in 2019, I, I don't think I prepared anything. I don't think I drank water adequately the day before. <laughs> I think I probably like threw a piece of bread at my face and called that pre-workout <laughs> and showed up with like a whole gaggle, like, you know, a camel's amount of water and a, some Gatorade did no warm up, just kind of for, I keep saying it. Cause, um, my, our, our, a good friend of mine, Sarah, that lives in Canada, we joke with the send it stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to send it. Like I'm just <laughs> going to go out on the track and die. And that's the byproduct of training to whereas now it's like, Hey, like you better drink a couple liters of water the day before you better, eat something with some sodium the night before you better give yourself a couple hours in the morning to get ready for the long run and learn if this mm. run doesn't go well, don't simply have the fixed mindset of, Oh, I guess I don't have it. Understand what maybe is lacking, mm -hmm. which is where I'm trying to be better. It's, um, you know, I finished one of my first longer runs in a really long time a couple of weeks ago, and I look like a salt lick after I'm done running. And <laughs> I had some of the goosebumpy stuff. I'm a bigger person. I think my body doesn't love heat. I haven't yeah. heat acclimated fully, but instead of just being like, well, you know, we'll just power through that for the next three months or four months or whatever. It was actually, maybe I need some electrolyte tablets. Maybe yeah. I need to do a little better <laughs> job. Um, not just right. So right. There's a fixed mindset versus mm. a growth mindset of just sure. fixed mindset would be, well, that sucked and we'll see how next week goes, which yeah. was how 2019 training went. Yeah. Um, this is, so. this is reminding me of, um, I don't know when this was, this must've been, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year after I started working with my run coach, I've been with her for almost three years now. And I, I would say it was probably, probably about a year or so after, um, I got done running. I think it was a half marathon might've been something a little less than that, but it was significant, right? It wasn't, um, a shorter race that maybe you don't, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, 
deny that you need recovery with any type of run that you do, (laughs) but the race I ran was a longer distance. And so I knew that I would need to recover longer. And I'm going to say it was probably a half marathon. The next day came around and it was, it was a great race, you know, as far as I can remember again, I don't remember specifically which one, but the next day came around and I was surprised at how good I felt. And then I said, okay, well, this is probably one of those like delayed onset soreness type things. You know, I'm sure tomorrow I'm just going to feel miserable. (laughs) And the next day came and I felt pretty good. I'm sure I was a little sore, but I felt pretty good. And I think about that because I think about that when I do longer runs now and how good I feel. And that compared to... 2003 Sabrina Mm -hmm. who expected to feel miserable for at least three or four days after a long run, at least three or four days after the marathon. That's not to say that you won't. And it's not to say that you can't, but because of everything else I have been teaching myself to do, because I believe that I can get better, maybe not every day, but in general, I believe I can get better. Yeah. That's giving me that nice surprise if you don't have to feel like crap the day after. <laughs> right. If you do the things you're supposed to do or the things that help you specifically. And so that I think similar to what you're saying, it plays into that growth mindset. You recognize that, yeah, you probably need to refuel and get some replenishment, you know, so that you don't feel this way again. Yeah. Similar if I do my stretching and if I do all that stuff. And if I hydrate properly, like I don't have to feel badly. Yes. And that's right. moving beyond that point was getting out of that fixed mindset for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it, 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 isn't it always so nice when like you get that kind of like positive reinsurance, reassurance, but in a positive way, like there's so mm. many things, you know, uh, the thing that social media and the internet, I think by and large get hit with so hard is there are so many places for your, I don't want to go in the weeds, but your incorrect mindset to be positively, you know, reassured that Mm -hmm. your mindset is correct. But everything you just spoke to is like exactly where I'm at. And it's just, you know, I hope that that can land for people that are on the other side of these microphones with, you know, earbuds or whatever you've got aftershocks in, but (laughs) that, um, it's, you know, I'm almost mad at the 2019, 2020, 2021 version of Sean that literally, I mean, 10 minutes of activation workout, five minutes of a little bit of a warm up before your run, three to five minutes of a stretch from your quality session, maybe 10 minutes of a stretch after a long run and taking five minutes to just eat a little bit extra within 30 to 60 minutes. That's not all that much time. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And that optimistically means that you don't end up missing days, weeks, or Mm. months of running. And just the idea that when you were talking about long runs and feeling like death, like I would finish runs in 2018 and 19 and just be like, I think I didn't get, 
hit by a truck. I think I was laying on the highway and every truck ran me over. Um, And now coming out of stuff and, you know, 10 hours later, you sit down on the couch in the evening and it didn't have to be, you know, it didn't have to resemble how your grandfather looks when he's sitting down on the couch. And and just being mindful of that. I, I think that's one of the most important things is that mindfulness part. Like it's praise. It's it's in, it's internal praise to to be able to have a, a moment at eight or eight thirty the night after your, you know, the night of the the hard work you did and just catch yourself and say, oh. I don't feel like a, a trash can. That's refreshing. <laughs> um, and have, just to go, sorry, go no, ahead. And just to be assured that the work you're doing is, is meaning something. Yeah. You have given so many great visual images, <laughs> the camel, the trash can. Like, there's just so much good going on here. What I wanted to say though, is I invite you to not be mad at 2019, Sean. And I think that 2019 Sean will be proud of you and is already proud of you of how much growth you've had and will continue to be considering you're on this upward trajectory right now. You know, little, little planner be damned, but (laughs) (laughs) we're, we're making, we're making forward motion, right? I always like to say every step is a good one. Um, and I, I think what I am trying to do for myself is to remember the, the fun parts of it again, the, the joy of that. Again, I find that as I'm running more and getting older, I am finding the times are not as important to me as they once were. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One being that, um, with the Swifters, it's just given so much more joy back into running with people too. Yeah. Yeah. And not that I didn't have that before when I was running with friends, but just knowing that there's so many people that are involved in it and are doing the same thing. Yeah. Certainly I've still got some time goals that I'd like to maybe try to go for, but they don't feel as heavy as they once did. And I think part of that I'd like to attribute to this, both this maturity piece and then also this growth mindset where, no, I'll I'll continue to grow. It might be in different ways though, right? That definition of growth is maybe also changing as I Mm -hmm. get older. So, yeah. Um, Literally yesterday, I will spare the person's name because it wasn't (laughs) a deep conversation, but I don't want to air their, where they were at with how they felt about running. But Um, they just simply said like, you know, thanks for saying this thing you said, because lately all I've been fixated on is the next run needs to, I'm not feeling good in my running. So all that their mindset was focused on was the next run needs to be a good run. The next run needs Mm -hmm. to be that run that feels right. That helps reassure that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. and. I'm not a resident professional. I'm not, you know, and I, I certainly won't claim to be the person that can solve your problems, but I just simply responded with, I think the second you stop 
expecting the next run to be the good one is when the next run will be the good one, which Mm -hmm. is the hardest thing in the world to say. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like telling kids, like, if you stop counting down to Christmas, Christmas will actually come faster. (laughs) It never Um, works. It never, it doesn't work. (laughs) Um, So, but you know, that's a really hard thing. It's a hard place to be. It's a place that I was before I got COVID and I took seven weeks off. I I was like, well, maybe tomorrow the stuff won't hurt. And it always hurt. It doesn't hurt every time (laughs) until, you know, I had an opportunity to sit down and really reflect and Mm -hmm. really unpack and then have an honest conversation internally of, I actually need to start in a totally different place that isn't miles. I, I need to start with movement, lateral movement and building glutes and calves and hamstrings and all of these things to be confident that when I do come back to miles, they're different. And Mm. that's a wonderful place for me to be is that despite the fact that, yeah, my heel hurts right now, I didn't finish a run yesterday with anything else. I just Mm. finished it going, oh yeah, the heel still kind of feels like a maybe, and, and, and it's not even traumatic. It's a three out of 10, you know, it's, it's not bad, but I also know that that's a little bit of a note from my body to say, Hey, you could actually do more. You you can start doing more. You can build this even more and we'll be better for it. So that's just, a you know, I think that's a place where a lot of us need to be, <clears throat> especially as we all get into July and August when, you know, peak miles start happening and the sun continues to only get angrier like the Mario <laughs> sun and tries to burn us all to death. So <laughs> yes, let's, let's add that to the visual images that we've had today. <laughs> what I'm here for. And, you know, <laughs> I know, you know, we're, we're probably going to close this conversation here shortly. Um, but I think another aspect of this that dawned on me while you were talking is I think today we've talked a lot about, the fix or the growth mindset in terms of maybe a full training cycle or the day-to-day. But what about thinking about it in terms of an individual run itself Mm -hmm. too? Mm -hmm. Like from the moment that you start your run to however, let's say 45 minutes later when you end it, how, how much change does your mindset go through in that in that short amount of time too. Yeah. I can certainly think of many different runs where I started them feeling really mm-hmm. crappy and yep. then finished like I was the fastest person in the world. Like yeah. y- so much can happen in that short amount of time. And I think that just speaks to how, and not in a bad way necessarily, but just how mm-hmm. fragile and vulnerable our minds can be when it comes to these kinds of goals that we set for ourselves. And to bring it back full circle to something you said before, that's why that grace is so important too. Yeah. If you go into that run feeling a certain way, you might let your, allow yourself, you might allow yourself to say, maybe by the end, I won't feel this way. Yeah. I once saw a meme or something that said, uh, never trust the first mile. It's always a liar. Yeah. And I, Sometimes I am a little cautious with that one because I'm always like, well, what if the first mile is really good? Like, Mm -hmm. isn't it telling me the truth? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, if the first mile is really bad, that doesn't mean the rest of it has to be bad either. Yeah. So, you know, I think just the just the final point about this mindset, it can be at so many different levels. Yeah. 
Yeah. It can be really, really short intervals and really big, broad training cycles. Yeah. I, you, you reminded me the last weekend long run that I had a, a few weekends ago, I was, I think at like close to mile six and sometimes my brain likes to play that game of once we're 60 or 70% through it wants to now only fixate on counting down and not Mm. counting up. And I found myself there a little bit and I sat with that for a couple of minutes and my mind gave me this really nice thing, which was, you know, part of my brain prior to the quote was, well, six is good. We could be done and be proud of six. We could. And then shortly after that, my brain gave me this little thing that was, remember when you wanted to be here? Mm. Remember in February when all you were doing was lunges and cycling and squats and your lungs still kind of felt like crap? What would February you have to say today? And, And that's not to say that if you feel bad, you should grind it out. I, mm-hmm. I did a quick, when I, when I had that statement, I did a quick realistic inventory of, is this your brain or is it physical? Is there something that you should stop for? And I very quickly was reassured, no, it's just your brain. Today, it's just <laughs> your brain being stubborn. And to that then was, remember when you wanted to be here. And then those last three miles were a lot better because then it became a celebration of where I was not that long ago, which is to your point, right? This doesn't have to be all the whole block. That was me that day, just simply saying, oh, the first five or six miles actually felt pretty good. I started to kind of unravel it. I started to kind of overthink it. And in that moment, I could just say, I really would have wanted nothing more than to be running what I'm running today four or five months ago. So if you can do that, then keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And then everything was actually, you know, I actually, you know, really kind of felt my shoulders go, oh, we're not carrying this whole countdown yeah. thing. We're actually just pretty happy that we're running more than two miles without being gassed. Mm-hmm. So it, um, it reminds me of one of my runner friends, favorite things to say, which is run the mile you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yep. Take, take it one mile at a time, especially like you said, as we get into those heavy mileage in July and August, yeah. run that mile, get done with that mile and then work on the next one. Yep. And I think that's, that's really helped me in long runs and, and races specifically too. When you feel you have this daunting task ahead of you, it's just one, one step at a time. Yep. yep. And again, easy to say, <laughs> we know we no, fully recognize no. a lot of this the things is... that we say here is easy to say. Yeah. I mean, I, hard I, to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 came into this episode, honestly, I mean, just for everyone out there, this is anything I'm speaking to right now is not, I woke up yesterday and suddenly decided, oh, I'll have a totally different approach. (laughs) This is, I, I actually needed to 
say, I, I really should subscribe to this different way of thinking and working toward being a better version of myself. There is a mid twenties version of myself that couldn't have been possibly bothered to do 10 minutes of anything a day. Cause it didn't believe that that was a worthy investment. It, it just didn't. And mm. that's why it probably honestly took another four or five years for me to really say, stop, like do something mm -hmm. for yourself, get back to running, do those things, believe in that effort. Um, so this, this should not be received out there as well. It's easier. You know, you're right. It is easier said than done, but it's only being spoken to, I think from you and I, from real work. So, mm, absolutely. you know, if, if that means that tomorrow, uh, what episode I was listening to, uh, a podcast recently and they the, someone spoke to just if you decide to wake up today with today's going to be hard then you're you're pretty much signing up for it um mm -hmm. but if you wake up today and simply say today has every opportunity to be a good day it, it's even something just as minuscule as that and and i actually you know as much as my run yesterday was garbage, I hit my watch to start moving and said, this run doesn't have to be as bad as I think it's going to be. It was still bad, <laughs> but I think that mindset might've been what helped me stop at rep seven and take yeah. a deep breath and say, this isn't actually as bad as I think it is. Mm -hmm. so. And grandma and grandpa were probably saying hi. Yes. <laughs> I hope they were, but yeah. Well, oh. as per usual, yes. I am severely just happy to have had this conversation. So <laughs> me too. I think it it's in as much as all of you out there tell us that you have benefited from these conversations and that you enjoy hearing them. I'm always happy when you're reposting the stuff on Instagram, especially with a quote that you've taken from it. That's always really interesting for me to see is mm -hmm. what is the little nugget that somebody has taken that they decide to quote, because that tells me that that really hits you hard. Yep. But in as much as that helps you all, it, I can think I can speak for Sean with this too. I think it helps us to process what we're going through and not just running related, but just in life in general. Yeah. There's been plenty of occasions where I've messaged Sean after we record, I'm like, oh, I needed that. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. I needed to hear that today from you. And so I hope that this episode was another one of those places where you'll find some nuggets to take with you. And Absolutely. if you have any suggestions, as always, let us know, especially as yeah. we get into these higher mileages. I think yep. there's quite a lot within psychology that we can talk about to help us get through those long miles. So yeah. please send them our way. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I joked on the episode of the podcast that is yet to air for Sabrina's ears, um, but we talked to Rachel curly underscore Rachel thir or yeah 13 and um, you know I just in talking to you know Jim it was that reminder at dinner of just like you know just seeing people hearing things 
realizing where you are is so valuable. Getting feedback, like the guest episodes are wonderful and fun. And I do love hearing people, how much you all enjoyed those. This, I am really just passionate about because I know we've had numerous good friends of ours in the running community come out and say, this run actually really helped me or someone I've never even spoken to. Those are wonderful little moments where someone says, hey, I was kind of in it and I'm kind of not now. So um, these are all these are all just massively important. And, you know, that's that's what we're trying to you know, that's what we're trying to achieve here. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, You know, as as I always say, with Blair, I am eternally grateful and likewise with you because you bring these things to us. And then, you know, I think there were probably four or five moments for each of us just in talking today that either positively reinforce the thing that we're kind of in or to bring new light. So for as much as we're wanting to put these out for other people, we, we also kind of leave here with a little bit of perspective. So all things good (laughs) yep i feel the same thank you so much for listening and for talking with us today and as always send us suggestions because we want to hear those from you too yes i will steal your if you run you're a runner that's it signing off until next time everybody (laughs) it will not be as long sabrina blair and i all continue coming back bringing good things and hopefully helping you guys all out until next time hope you guys have good runs we'll talk to you all soon bye-bye bye (laughs) thanks for listening to for your run a podcast brought to you by for the run Special thanks goes out to all of our supporters on Patreon, whose contributions and support help us put this all together and get it out into your ears. If you're interested in becoming a member of the For Your Run Pod family, you can learn more at patreon.com slash run. We hope this has been a pleasant break in your day, and we look forward to you bringing us along for your next run or whatever it is you have going on in your life. Till next time, run with heart, and we'll talk to you soon.